Hey everybody, I'm excited to be here with all of you. Not everybody went out too late last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm Nancy, if I haven't met you, I'm the lead pastor here at Searchlight. And today the topic is the power of boundaries. Now, first of all, what is a boundary? I think that's an area that people are very confused about. There's a lot of misunderstandings about what boundaries are. And there's a lot of misunderstandings about what the boundaries should be. Like, what do you own and what do other people own? So um, this is sort of a two-part series. I'm going to talk a little bit today and introduce you to the topic. And next week, it ties in with the power of ownership. So first of all, a boundary. A boundary is, I'll say what it is and what it's not. A boundary is kind of like a property line or a fence that says what belongs to you and what belongs to someone else. And part of boundaries and growing in boundaries is helps us to become a better defined person as far as where we get to be more of who we, are meant, who we were meant to be, who we are, our values, our personality, our likes, our dislikes, etc. And so having definition as a person connects and ties into having clear boundaries. Now, what boundaries are not? Boundaries are not walls. A lot of us, as far as protection and protecting ourselves in life, have built big, giant, concrete walls 20 feet thick or something like that because we've been hurt before by people that have maybe not respected our boundaries, and so we've constructed these big, giant walls. Boundaries are intended... You know, like if you think of a fence, a fence has, usually has a gate in it where you can let things in and you let things out. And so that's a really important part of boundaries is, um, uh, is being clear about what's our responsibility, being clear about what somebody else's is, and being able to let good stuff in, you know, and let bad stuff out. So let me uh, take a look at our classic boundary verse in the Bible. There's many. You know God has a lot of definition and God has boundaries. You know, God talks about things he loves, things he hates. He's very specific about what he will do, what's his job, what's our job. God is absolutely a God of boundaries. Could you imagine if God didn't have boundaries, what that would look like? I've thought about that sometimes. You know, what if God had no boundaries? What if God was a people pleaser? (laughs) Talk about a world that would be pretty chaotic and, oh, he'd be doing things worrying about, what will they think of me if I don't, you know, just do whatever we want. It it would be all over the place. It would be, uh, it would be chaos. Anyway, so in Galatians 6 and verse 2, we see sort of um, the, some specifics about um, what's ours and what somebody else's. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one, examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. And then verse 5, it says, for each one shall bear his own load. Now, this is, can be a little bit confusing, so I want to kind of walk you through what's kind of cool about, on one hand, it starts off saying that we're to bear one another's burdens, and then it says everybody's going to carry their own load. Anybody go, what, what is that? The, the Greek words are different for burden and load, and so the, the word for burden is something that is too heavy to carry alone. It's something that is, you know, that you need help to carry. So the thing is, is that there's certain things in life 
that you can't do all by yourself, that you need others, that you need others to help you along the way. We've talked a lot about growth and how you need other people in growth. You need other people in, in like being mentored and being coached, etc. You need, uh, God designed others for things like grieving when something's sad to not be alone in the sadness. If you have a loss, you know, God designed people to be there. It says to weep with those that weep, to mourn with those that mourn. So there's certain things in life that we are designed, that are going to be too big for just us. And God calls us to help bear one, that we should pitch in and share in carrying those loads. There's, those are certain loads. And then it also says in verse 5, each one shall bear his own load. So what that is, is that there's a certain responsibility that each of us has that no one else can do, take away. There's certain things that we're responsible for and another person can't do it for us. I know for me, I, yeah, have, has it ever happened to you where you love someone so much and they're hurting and you want to do it for them? You know, you know what it's going to take, right, to like the path of healing, etc. I've done this over and over again. It's just sort of like I've told people that if I could do it for you, I would. I really would. Like, if I could pay the price, if I could do the work, I love you that much. If it was possible, I would do that for you because I love you that much. But God designed the laws of life and the universe that at a certain place, there are things that are our responsibility and ours alone and somebody else can't do. Oftentimes, part of the confusion about boundaries is trying to take responsibility for something that belongs to someone else's something that somebody else is supposed to take responsibility for. Happens a lot with addictive things, you know, when somebody's in addiction mode and somebody tries to bail them out, you know, makes the, you're, somebody's drunk or high and can't show up for work and you cover. You know, it's those kind of things, like taking responsibility, thinking, well, this person's really in a mess. I will somehow absorb it and try and fix that person. Some, cue, some, some clues in this... And then it's sort of like, it's interesting because the middle part, it kind of talks about, you know, that it, 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 it's being in reality about yourself. If you, think you're some, if you think of yourself as something when you're nothing, you're in self-deceit, and that we are to examine or test or um, our own work, the things that we do, that, that our life and what we do, and that we we'll have the jewel that we basically take responsibility for our own lives and, and not compare to other people, etc. So signs that you're not clear on boundaries. People pleasing is a, is a sign if, you know, um, like worrying a whole lot, like if you do something someone won't like it, that you're afraid of rejection, you're afraid of abandonment as far as making your decisions. Uh, out of guilt or fear. If you're making choices that are driven from guilt or fear, that means that there's some confusion about boundaries. Thinking you can fix or change others means that there's some confusion. If you withdraw in emotionally or in your relationship without speaking up to somebody, that is also a sign of not being clear of boundaries, of what's your job and what's somebody else. If you're not able to request what you want, that's another sign of of being unclear about boundaries, or if you're not okay with saying no or hearing no. So those are just some of the things that indicate that maybe your boundaries are a little bit muddled, 
and you could use some clarity about what's your part and what's somebody else's part. And this is kind of a big topic. Just so you know, we're not going to be able to get into it in total depth today or next week. There is a session of the dating workshop on boundaries. So on the uh, DVDs, or there's actually one online. If you go to the datingworkshop.org, there is a seg session on boundaries there as well. But we're going to be speaking of, we're, I'm going to try and cover a few different things than what we cover in that session. Some of the things I'm going to just sort of quickly go through that belong to you. Your time is, is one of them. Your time is your time. You get to choose. You can choose horribly. You can choose in ways that are foolish and stupid, and guess what? It's your choice to make. You've seen people waste time or flush their lives away or what have you. It, whatever your time is, you have the power over that and get to make the decisions as to how you use that. Now, in boundaries and definition, you, as a friend and somebody, if you love someone, then you could say to somebody, you could give them feedback, wow, it just really bums me out that you're spending all day doing video games. I feel like you're cheating yourself. You know, or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have that conversation, but guess what? If they don't listen, you have to receive that no. You know, if somebody says, well, screw you. I want to watch, I want to waste my time. It's my time. Yes, it is your time to waste. <laughs> your feelings are yours. Your feelings are not good or bad. Sometimes you feel, if you've ever felt guilty about having emotions, emotions are an involuntary reaction to something that's going on. You can't control feelings, but it's good to understand what the feelings are. Nobody can make you feel a certain way. You made me feel bad. Nobody made you feel bad. You feel bad, but nobody made you feel that way. So it's sort of like being clear about, or I don't want to make somebody else feel bad. I wouldn't want them to feel bad. You know, those are blurry things on, on, on boundaries. Your thoughts, respecting what other people think, where you're not manipulating, you're not intimidating people to think or change the way that they think. You can speak about it, you can dialogue about it, you can say you disagree, but you want to be clear that it's absolutely you can respect that it is your right to think that way. There are definitely obnoxious ways people think, right? That we're just like, wow, that's hideous. That you would, you know, you know, uh, racism, things like, you know, there's just a million things like that were just like, that people think are okay, you know. There was, never mind, actually, I won't go there. Too dark, too dark. Uh, <laughs> your thoughts are your own. Your values. Now, part of the thing is values, is values help to define us, and so it's important to be clear on what your values as a human being are and to not be making decisions that go counter to the values that you hold or to change your values for another person because you want to make them happy. Your choices are your own, even bad choices. We talked about that. The thing about choices, too, is, I mean, everybody gets to choose, but you can choose badly, but again, it's your right to choose badly. There's also a difference. Be clear when you're making decisions. It helps that there's a difference between what you feel like and, and what you want. And just to register that, because what you feel like doing might be absolutely counter to your values and what you want in life. So just doing, being reactionary where you're making your choices based on, I, f I just feel it. I just feel that way. Is acting like a child, quite frankly. You know, children react where all their decisions are just, you know, I'm going to do it just because I feel like doing it. 
it's not a mature place to be where you want to look at your life. You can, though. That's the thing about, about the boundaries is people can choose that. But again, as a friend, as somebody that you love, you can say that to somebody. Say, gosh, it really bothers me. I worry. It makes me sad. I feel like this is hurting your life. But then ultimately, it's that person's choice. Your actions, you know, nobody can make you do anything. You know, I mean, I know it's really sad, but... Uh, you know, I, I used to, God, I feel horrible even saying this, but, you know, I've talked to you guys before about how out of control I was in uh, my first marriage where I cheated on my husband, and I actually related like it was his fault. You know, I've, I mean, I just, like, it's just, it horrifies me just saying that out loud. And, you know, like, where I related to it, like, well, he wasn't being there for me, so I need to do this. That's really unclear about boundaries, making somebody else responsible for your actions or your behavior. You, that somebody caused you to do something like that is definitely, that was pretty screwed up of me. Your body, what you eat, you know, you know all of that, like uh, sex, what you do with your body is all you. Um, kind of a thing. So what is it? You can't put a boundary on someone else, though. What you do is with boundaries, if you don't like what somebody's doing, you can't put a boundary on them. You can't put limits on another person. That's not your right to do. They, you know, they get to do whatever they want to do. So how do you, what do you do about that? Is what you do is if somebody's doing something that you don't like, you put limits on yourself saying, if you do this, like if you are screaming at me on the phone, the next time I will hang up on you. I'm not going to let, I'm, that's a limit on you. You're not limiting them. You're saying, I, I'm, I'm not okay with that. I will pull away. I'm just giving you the heads up. That's how I'm going to respond if you continue to do that. You know, so it's putting limits, and it's good to, we're going to talk about speaking up at next, actually, you know, because, and how to do that. Because part of this is how you speak up and how you communicate what you want and what your choices are to somebody else and having those dialogues. The other thing, too, I just want to say, there's no such thing as somebody controlling you, not, not unless you've been kidnapped or you're a child. You cannot be controlled by another person. What, there are such things as controlling people. What is a controlling person? A controlling person is somebody that use guilt, shame, intimidation to try and get you to do something. But whether you do it or not is still your choice. You know, that's the bottom line is you. Somebody tries to intimidate you, you can say, you know what, I... I don't like the way that you're speaking to me. I don't like the threats. I'm not okay with that. I will pull away. I will distance myself. I will give a break. I'm not going to talk to you for a while. I'm whatever. There's, you know, you can decide what the limits that you're going to put on you are. Let's talk about speaking up because it's a big part of being defined as a person um, and having your own voice and being your own person in the relationship. You know what's interesting is usually we think of hurting relationships but what, by what we say, right? We always worry, if I say this, I'm going to hurt the relationship. I would say in many ways it's more destructive what you don't say. And people don't think of that often. Oftentimes relationships are destroyed by the things that we don't say to one another. And I'll give you, an exa I'll give you a few examples of that. It could cost you the quality of your relationship to not share certain things of not being close to somebody. You miss out on being understood by not communicating more of what's going on with you. It also results in 
distance. Like, have you ever had this where something's bothering you, it's bothering you, and you ha aren't saying it? And a lot of times it comes because you say, well, I shouldn't be bothered. You ever had that conversation? This really shouldn't bother me. Well, if it's bothering you, it's bothering you. There's not a right or wrong. There's not a moral issue of this that it shouldn't bother you. If it's bothering you, pretending it's not is not going to help the relationship at all. So all it's going to do is build resentment. And so oftentimes what happens is people withdraw. They withdraw how they feel about somebody. They don't feel as close. They just start not returning calls or spending less time away, etc. And it costs you relationship. It's not... Speaking up, I want you guys to think differently that speaking up is something that's for relationship and closeness, not against it. And I want to talk about how that works. Another thing is, if you don't speak up and stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, you ever done this and it blows up somehow? All of a sudden, that's when the bad stuff comes out of your mouth. The attacking, you know, where it's just sort of like, ah, just stored it up and all of a sudden... It so builds up and you didn't even realize it and the resentment has grown that it's just you blurt stuff out. Yeah, everybody's blurted stuff out they shouldn't have, right? Not just me. Think about why. Think back at why you did that. It's usually not the first time occurrence. Or sometimes you blurt it out at somebody that doesn't even have anything to do with the person you're really upset about. You've been stuffing things about other people and all of a sudden somebody comes along and it triggers it and boom. Okay? So um, I want you to think right now about why is it that you don't speak up about things that bother you right now. Because you want to get into the, we're going to talk about how to talk about it, but you want to get where you're communicating and it's for the relationship. Think about it. It's usually guilt or fear. Afraid people will run away. But speaking up makes you a safer, more trustworthy person. Don't you trust people more that you know what you're, like when you know that you get what you get, what you see is what you get kind of thing? Have you ever had a person build up resentments about you that you would have been happy to have fixed? You know, if you just knew. You know, if you were saying something that was, I had a friend of mine years ago, it was a roommate, and um, gosh, I just love this girl so much. She was like one of my favorite people, but she was kind of a quieter, you know, person, not like me. And, um, you know, but I just loved her to pieces. And, you know, I did this thing, I guess, I would cook a lot of, st you know, cook things. And, you know, I guess a couple times she said, oh, I don't like that. I go, oh, just try it, you know. She got really, it was just like she thought that, sh that I didn't respect her. I had no idea, you know, that I was belittling and everything else. I just had no idea. You know how sometimes you just go, well, this is different. You know, it's prepared a different way. You might like it. If I had known, I would have backed off instantly, you know. <laughs> I really would have, like, I, I was like, I was just, but by that time she had let some things like that. There were other things, but they were kind of similar, and I didn't even know. And I was just like, I love this girl. I didn't disrespect her. If I thought that I was treating her in a way that was hurtful, wow, I would have fixed, I would just, easy to fix, really easy to fix. I really don't care if you eat the food. You know, I, there was no real big emotional attachment to me for her to eat that food. I wanted her as a friend way more than I want, you know, like the food meant nothing. But it just was so sad because she built this up over months and she left our relationship over it. And there was no fixing it. She told me, I was just like, gosh, I'm so sorry, Jan. I love you. I was just like, I never wanted, but she was done. She's like, peace out. Like, I was just like... 
you know? So this is the cost of not speaking up. So here, I want to talk about a few things. Oh, a couple of things, actually. Doing to others is a good one to think about here. Would you want to know or not know if something was bothering someone? How many people would like to know? Anybody want to not know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do unto others. If you, you know. So that kind of helps. A few different areas that, that you need to speak up about. Different categories. One is when somebody's doing something that's bothering you and there's no right or wrong. This is kind of a big one. There's no morality in it. Now, here's what happens oftentimes is we think we can't speak up unless there is a morality. And if there isn't, we add one. Like being messy, I'm sorry, is not morally wrong. <laughs> you might not like that. That might not be your lifestyle. But there's no moral ethical dilemma with messiness or sloppiness. It's a preference. So what we want to do is just like you could speak up and say, Gosh, it really, you know, and when you're married, you have to work out all kinds of things like that. You know, like, I do not like the messiness. It's kind of, I love you, but gee, it just drives me crazy. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you find a middle ground or something as far as what you can work out with somebody. You know, there's just a whole lot of things like that. Sharing food, I think about, you know. Like, some people have rules about don't touch my food. <laughs> you know, don't eat off my plate. You know, things like that. So just think about, you know, like, what you're okay with or not. There's no moral. Now, it's not, doesn't help. A lot of times people think, well, there has to be a moral right or wrong, so they add it. You know, it's wrong. And then all of a sudden it's just sort of like, my position is righteous, it's right. And it's not, it doesn't bring closeness or relationship. But we, you do need to speak up about it. Uh, when somebody's doing something that is morally wrong and it's hurting you, varying degrees, you know, lying, cheating, belittling, things like that, those are wrong. You know, we need to still speak up about that. Um, and then also when somebody's doing something wrong and it's hurting themselves or other people, we want to speak up about that. Again, understanding their nose or their nose. So actually, let's go to um, Proverbs 27 and verse 6. Um, it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. <laughs> so what it's saying is, you want, real friends are going to speak up about hard things. If they're really good friends, you want people in your life that aren't afraid to go there with you. We all need that because we need, we need to see things that we're not seeing in our life. We need to hear places that we might need to shift or change, etc. It's how we grow. You know, it's like somebody that just is full of flattery. Doesn't that, you know, when somebody says something nice to you, but that's all that they do anyway, does it matter that much? You know, it's just sort of like you, it's hard to trust somebody that that's all you get. Because it's not about you anyway. It seems more like you just want everybody to like you. That's why you're talking that way. It's not really about me or that, you know, it's a uh, kind of thing. Uh, now, how to speak up. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures about that. Ephesians 4 always works, which is speaking the truth in love. So always think when we're speaking, speaking honestly and with love is the combination. And I'm going to show you some examples of it, but I also want to show you another verse of Scripture in Matthew 18. Actually, there's a couple of them here. 
Uh, Matthew 18 and verse 15, it says, oh, this is a different scripture, but that's okay, we'll go there. Matthew 18 and verse 15, it says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So this is really a big deal. This says, if you've got a problem with somebody, if they've got a fault, they've got something that they need to go, go tell him and him alone. Guess what that means? It does not help. In fact, it hurts to tell other people that you have a problem with someone and you haven't told that person. It's not okay. Think right now, like I really try very hard. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've, you know, it's that I'd never say anything to somebody that I haven't said. You got to say it to that person first. It hurts relationships that if you have a problem with somebody that you tell other people. Doesn't help you, doesn't help anybody, doesn't help keeps you stuck in resentment. You think you're venting and it's helping. It's not. It, hurt, it hurts you and makes you not trustworthy. I don't trust people, quite frankly, that tell me that they got problems with other people. Go, have you told them yet? Big silence. I don't want to hear about it, quite frankly. <laughs> you haven't told them. If you want to ask me for some advice on how to tell them because I'm a pastor, I will tell you, but you better tell them within the week. You just should. You know, otherwise all you're doing is gossiping, and it hurts relationships. So we're going to talk about, so, and it says you've gotten closer. It builds closeness to fix something, to give somebody the other chance to fix something. And going back to how in Proverbs 15 in verse 1, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stir up anger. You can always... Even if it's bothering you, grab a hold of yourself, grab a hold of your tongue, and the earlier you say something to somebody, the easier it is to do this when there isn't a lot of resentment. It's just think about rewording it in a way that's loving and for the relationship, and I'm going to give you a formula, some formulas that are going to help with that, where it's affirming and loving and that that's why you're sharing about it, that it's not attacking. Um, actually, let's go to the next uh, slide. Practical keys. I'm going to uh, give you some practical keys. If you're going to say something difficult to somebody, just think right now of things that you have not shared with somebody. Whatever things, things that are bothering you, things that you've never told somebody that you might want to clear, I'm just going to give you sort of some ideas. For one, because it's speaking the truth in love, right, and a soft answer turns away wrath. And if you tell a brother, then you, then you win him over. If he hears you, then it brings you closer. So thinking about those scriptures, one is you can affirm before you even start speaking, tell somebody, the reason I'm sharing this is because I want to be closer to you. I care. I care about our relationship. This is not out of a judgment. This is not to attack somebody. You've got to get rid of the judgment in your own heart and just go, I want to, I want to make it better with this person. So you say, yeah, I want, I, wanted something, I want to talk to you about something because I really care about you and I want to be closer. You know? Pour on the love. Now, you can also let, tell them why it's hard or why you're afraid to say something because usually it's just sort of like, you know, I've been, if it's been something you haven't shared for a while, especially that you've been holding on to, to say, you know, I feel bad, I apologize, and own it. Like, if you haven't told them right away, then you have some apologizing to do. I'm just saying, I'm really sorry I didn't bring this to you earlier. I was afraid, you know, and that's not, that's not okay, but I do want to be closer. 
And so this is hard for me to share with you. If it's a hard, you know, like usually what we're talking about here are bigger things, but we want to get it where it's sort of a lifestyle where we do this pretty frequently. You know, I was afraid you'd run away. I was afraid to hurt your feelings. I was afraid you'd be mad, you know. Or I feel stupid for feeling this way. Or, you know, there could be a million things like that. I feel like I shouldn't feel this way. You can even say that. I feel bad. I feel bad. Like I shouldn't, this shouldn't bother me. But, you know. And then focus on your feelings, not judgment. So not especially... Honestly, even if it's morally a right or wrong, it's better to still connect with how you feel about it instead of saying, you're wrong, or you're, you know, whatever the judgment is, to try and get it from the judgment seat of playing judge to just connect with your heart and use feeling words. And I'm going to give you a little formula. When you blank, I feel blank. That's a great way to say it. When you are late, I feel taken for granted. So you talk about how your emotions are when you do this. So you're not judging the action. You're not saying, you're so screwed up for being late. What kind of person is late? Man, you got to get it together. You are rude and obnoxious. It's just thoughtless, thoughtless person. I don't know why anybody has a relationship with you. You're, a, you're lucky I'm still your friend. I don't even know if I want to be anymore. <laughs> but you can say, when you do blank, whatever the action is, you're not saying, it makes me feel. You're saying, I feel. It's just my reaction. Again, feelings are involuntary. When you do blank, I feel blank. I feel sad. I feel hurt. I feel unappreciated. Now, just so you know, there's a little test that Focus on Family does on, not Focus on Family, um, that other thing, Marriage Encounter. Um, I think it's their test, but it says... Um, if you know, want to know the difference between if you're saying a feeling or a thought, like if, if the sentence doesn't make sense, if you replace it with I think, like, you know, I feel like you're being a jerk, you can't go, you know, is not really a feeling. If you can say I think and it makes sense, it's not a feeling. I think you're being a jerk, that's not a feeling. So th if you can replace the word think for I feel and, and it makes sense, it's not a feeling word. I think sad, I think angry. Do you see how if you put the word think and you say the word after it, so that's kind of your test. Because sometimes people say, I'm sharing my feelings with you, you're a jerk. You know, I feel like, I feel, I feel, I really feel. I feel like you're a jerk. Just trying to share my feelings. <laughs> okay, another thing is, number four, don't jump to conclusions. Ask about intentions, don't assume. People do things where they don't mean hurt. They might hurt you, and it might feel like they're rejecting you or like they don't care, and they're not meaning that at all. So it helps to just ask. You know, Susan asked me that the other day about something, and I was really appreciative. See, this is great friends, what great friends do. You know, we had a conversation that was sort of emotional for both of us, and she's like, did you mean that, you know? Did you mean it that way? I was like, oh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, that was emotional, and we got to talk about it. But it's instead of us, we don't, instead of assigning a meaning or a bad intention, give somebody the benefit of the doubt, but ask what they meant by it. Maybe you're right, maybe you're not right. You know, it happens, you know, either way, but just ask. 
Because a lot of times what we read into things has to do with our fears. And our fears are coloring things, where we're reading things as being somebody's rejecting us or not appreciating us when that's not what's really going on or not why somebody's doing it. They just didn't get it, like the whole thing with my friend Jan. I totally, I respected her a lot. She's reading, I disrespect her, you know, as a person. I'm like, wow, I didn't feel that way at all. I just, you know, just needed to know that that bothered her. Then the last, oh, no, sorry, we've got another, a couple more. Get in the habit of asking for what you like. If you're not doing this regularly, making a request, you really want to learn how to say what you'd like. Not make demands, but just say, it would really feel good if, I would very much appreciate it if, you know, etc. Just really get in the habit of making requests for things and asking. And when you do, you got to go into it accepting their no. That's the thing where you could put yourself on the line there. We're saying, gosh, I'd really love to spend more time together. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't have more time. Or, no, or whatever. But you might hear that. You know? But you want to get where you make requests and, and are able to hear other people's no's. Okay, so just in, in kind of a wrap up in this, we're gonna spend more time in the power of ownership next week because a part of the boundary thing is being clear on what you own and the power of owning what you can own. There's a lot of power in this. A power in boundaries and being clear on what's your job and somebody else's as well as we're gonna get kind of into the details of owning what you can own and why that's empowering. Um, so the reality is, I just want to um, talk about, you know, preparing yourself for these conversations. They don't always go well. But that's, again, you can't control that, unfortunately. What happens is if you just avoid the conversation, you avoid hearing the reality of what's, of what's up with that. If somebody's going to get angry and react or leave the relationship, it wasn't a relationship you wanted to be in. It wasn't the relationship you thought it would be, really. Um, so don't avoid it. Even Jesus had people turn away. So just because people leave you or walk away doesn't mean that you're the crazy one. Healthy people, unless there's physical harm, should. We should be committed to trying to work on relationships and not walk away. As much as lies within us to live peaceably among all. It's just sort of this thing of, I'm doing a boundary, I'm walking away. That's in a, you know, really? Like, I get it. It's like maybe a long-time destructive romantic relationship. But still, before you exit, if, you, if you're not in physical danger of some kind, do what you can to try and talk about what you need, what the limits are, et cetera, before walking away. And just see if people don't... It, if you can't come to terms, it's, you know, that's it. Let's, then it is time to walk away. So it's important to speak up. It's for the relationship and invites closeness. If somebody doesn't know, they can't move in that direction. At least you're inviting it in. You know, you want to practice. Also, the thing is, is, is if you do have really, really hard people, practice with safe people. That's one of the things. In the, remember in the prophecy that we heard that um, somebody had earlier today? That's what God made the body of Christ for, is, is to be a safe place where you can practice speaking up and boundaries, that we can be there for one another. Practice there and then go into your scary relationships. I wouldn't practice this. If you've got people that are scary and they're volatile and you don't know what they're going to do, that wouldn't be where I'd start. You know, start with people 
that just test the waters out. Like the fellowships, one of the reasons that we do the fellowships are it's a great opportunity for sharing, speaking up to one another. You know, saying, gosh, I really love you and I want to be close to you. And it's really hard to say this, but, you know, I kind of tune out when you talk so much. You know, it is like getting into like, <laughs> you know, it's just sort of like I kind of disconnect. I would really like to hear more about how you feel about that instead of all the storytelling. No, I'm just saying, like, that's part of what the fellowships are for. It brings you closer, right? If you're doing that, you want to know. Everyone's looking mortified out there. I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys are looking at me like, oh, she crazy? <laughs> anyway, okay. So just some stuff to chew on. Boundaries are a big deal. It's really empowering to be clear on boundaries. Um, next week, power of ownership, I'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love. Help us to be defined as people that we can have our yes be yeses and our noes be no, that we can speak the truth in love, that we can have a voice, we can be defined as a person, God. Uh, and it's just that we want to be closer. We want to have good, healthy, meaningful, deep relationships. So help us to grow in that and have the courage to walk out in faith. Thank you, Lord. Amen.